Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, aka Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube at The Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you really, really like us, consider dropping a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Happy day today. It's a nice little mini E3 before it gets uh, rocking next week. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here on the trophy room. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. So for those of you who don't know, we delayed this episode by a day because we, as, as we get into, we're going to be reacting to not only the dying light news uh, that just happened, but also the Horizon Zero Dawn gameplay that was just revealed. So not only are we going to be reacting and breaking down what we saw from those two reveals, but we're also going to be talking about the future of the PlayStation due to an investor call that suggests that they're moving away from consoles and into PCs. And we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy Origins, a leaked game by Team Ninja from Square Enix as well. So before we get into all of that, Kyle, usually, uh-huh. you know, I start with the Patreon pitch and all that, but have you seen have you seen this, Kyle? The Nathan Drake movie? The Uncharted movie, rather? The the, this, the, the, the the entire film? Yes, I've watched it. Yeah, the it entire film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I've, I've seen this still. Everybody's freaking out that, first off, Mark Wahlberg is Sully, but that he has no mustache. What are your thoughts on Mustache Gate before we even get into all this news? Because this one, this is a hot button issue. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. He doesn't have one, Kyle. Okay, this could be pre-Mustache Sully. I don't know when this takes place in the (laughs) Uncharted lore. I don't care. I want to see Nathan Drake as Tom Holland, you know, go search for treasures. I don't care about a freaking mustache. Whoa, alright, okay, pump the brakes. So you're telling me that Sully's mustache has has an origin story. Maybe this is the origin (laughs) story. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uncharted the movie, uh, the story of Sully's mustache. <laughs> the, the stash. Okay. The stash. There you go. At, from the stills you've seen, when do, when do you think we're getting a trailer for that? Oh, trailer. Yeah. They showed us enough things. They've teased us enough. Summer Game Fest. You think that's the Summer Game Fest thing? Possibly. They I te- think this summer, so at some point, we'll, yeah. we'll get one. Because they teased it at, I mean, this winter with the Game Awards. And then nothing mm-hmm. happened there. And now we get this this shot of Nathan and, and Sully in this crypt. I have no idea what's going on. But I don't yeah. I don't care if Sully has a mustache or not, unlike the internet. I just want to make sure this 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 movie's good. That's yeah. and I have faith in Tom. He's my favorite Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I just don't have faith in Mark Wahlberg. As a human being and as an actor. <laughs> so that's where I stand on this whole mustache game. 
You're really calling out the Wahlbergs right now on our show? Yeah, they're pizza. I don't know if we can get that. I don't think we can take that heat, Joe. I think we got to walk that No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't send lawyers at us. Like, Mark Wahlberg solves problems with his fists. He would beat my face. <laughs> I heard you talking smack. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. Uh, Kyle, with that, listen, let's start with breaking down what we saw from Dying Light 2. But before we get yeah. right into it, it's time for a Patreon pitch. Of course, I'd like to thank our newest members, Captain Logan and Sean. Thank you all so much for becoming bronze members of the uh, of the Trophy Room Patreon. Thank you all so much. I want to thank our Platinum members, Todd Burwitz, and Too Soon. Our Gold members, Chaotic Monkey, Gavin Goffrey, Griffin West, Jose Jimenez, Jedi, Master Ren. And Metal Kirby, I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just Ray, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadis Vaughn Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Robbie Bobby Miller, and Awesome Dave. Thank you all so much for supporting us. It's the reason why we look so good, why we sound so great. It's reason why the lights are still on this show is because of your support. So if we ever got you through a long car ride, a long day at work, whatever the case may be, it really does help us out. If you consider throwing only a buck our way at patreon.com slash PS trophy room. But Kyle, it's time to square up these reactions. We just got back from watching the Dying Light 2 live stream re-reveal, really, because this game Dying was revealed... Dying to Know Episode 1, one. I guess is what they're calling it, yeah. Yeah. Now, we saw this, I think, two E3s ago, but this game's gone through a lot of changes, one would mm -hmm. assume. Like, they went through, I believe, a creative director and some important team members, um, and this game is kind of, or not kind of, has had a very troubled development. So walking into this walking into this live stream, what are your expectations for this game? And were they were they met in a in just a little synopsis of? Sure. Uh walking in, I wanted my main thing was I wanted to see the same kind of world changing uh stuff from your decisions in game that they teased at E3 in 2019 and um walking out of it yeah i think i enjoyed what i saw mm -hmm. um i think i enjoyed the format of this show however i can't feel i'm not like overwhelmed i'm not like super hyped on it i'm just like okay this looks like it's gonna be a fun time i i think we saw since we're doing this live on twitch right now i, I think i saw somebody in chat say like i'm more excited for back for blood and i'm kind of on that same kind of train a little bit like it it looks gorgeous the the parkour thing looks very fun to do and very fluid it's just it's not it's not knocking my socks off Okay. And I don't know if we need a second episode to show off more of Dying Light 2. Really? That's what you yeah. came away from? So yeah. so this it, it it didn't it didn't hit all the boxes that you wanted this to It hit the boxes, but I don't think we need another episode of the show to to sell us more in the game. I think mm. at that point you're just going to learn too much and it takes away some of that mystery of uh, of finding that stuff out on your own kind of thing. Yeah. I'm I'm so walking in again I know it's had a troubled development I've know it, it's you know the first game I didn't get much into it because I'll be I'll be honest with you Kyle 
I got to the night parts and I was like, this game is too freaking terrifying. And so, uh, and, and I pieced out like with the first like red eyes I saw, I was like, oh, maybe I'll play this for friends. Oh no, oh, this is scary. Um, but yeah, so I, I was a little bit, you know, a, a, a little bit too much of a wuss to, to try to go back into it. But I'll say this, after seeing the E3 stuff, I was walking and going like, what is, what is it that's changed about this game? Because if it's gone through such a troubled development, I was expecting a totally different looking game. And they said, hey, we left you guys on what you can change about this game. Now let's talk about your choices as a character. So it seems like nothing's really changed in terms of the the base idea of what this game is supposed to be. And I'm very interested to see if that pays off or, or, or you know, how much, how, how much is still at the core of that game you know it seems like everything's intact but is that just a facade because you know um someone in our chat valerie said it like i want to be excited about, about this game but cyberpunk and that is a really good point when entering what is effectively a, a marketing tactic to get you hyped for this game know that this game has a troubled development just like cyberpunk and that is something to really consider to try to gauge our expectations beforehand that said i did write some notes i don't know if you did uh too about this I game did not just a little brief little snippets here or there this game takes place first off i didn't go i didn't take any of the major story beats i want to let that be known i don't want to spoil this game for anyone uh just a little brief you know things of like what's important but not gonna be what i would consider spoilers so mm -hmm. this is 20 years after the first game um, and then the, the next bit of thing is this is a world beyond the apocalypse, which I don't know if this hit really close home. They said a virus a lot. They said, you know, plague or pandemic. And like, I'm just like, dude, I'm still locked in my house right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think they said something like, uh, Christmas 2021 is when like the mutations started. Like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Stop it right there. Yeah. Like that. And like they were building different strains and like something about like scientists were working on it in a lab. Like, yeah, a lot of things hit really close to home here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, I was like, you know what? Good on them, honestly. Cause you're just like, this is what this is. And I'm sorry that the world sucks right now, but it is what it is. This is what happens in our game. Um, and then you, you're in the last city uh, of Valador, I believe it's called, and it follows a new player called Aiden. Um, then they talked about very briefly, which I'll still need like a fact correction thing here, Dying Light Platinum Edition. They said um, it's a hundred buck value. Now, Afro Cyborg said in the chat that it was at 25 bucks and it comes with all the DLC. That being said, uh, they talk about this city being broken up into three different factions. I won't go into the factions names because I wasn't able to write them down. But your choices impact who is going to be ruling this city. Yeah, the who the lives three and who factions dies. are basically um, the I believe there are saviors, people who are are gardening on the the rooftop and and trying to making safe zones in the city. Then you have I believe it's the freedoms or peacekeepers are or it's like the mil militaristic 
gang who are all about law and order and mm. making sure people are, are doing basically like the cops uh, of the police force of this yeah. new world. And then it's just like the CD underbelly, which I forgot what their names are, but they were the, maybe the night seekers. Is that I what think, it was? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, who no, are no, just no, trying were, to like, the, those are like, uh, the, the oh, base faction that's here to help everybody. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. So yeah, basically it's like an underground gang. That's really trying to take the city for themselves. So those mm-hmm. are the three. Yeah. Um, and then also your your choices impact them. So you kind of it's kind of like the morality system there because each have their own set of codes and faults. Um, and then also your choices impact the main cast of who lives and who dies. Uh, before we talk about the traversal, this is a four player co op game, Kyle. So I get to jump in your world. You can jump into mine. This is really awesome. This is something that. I know I'm going to need when we're traversing through the night <laughs> because <laughs> it's, yeah. it was crazy. So the the one thing that I want to take from Jedi Master Ren, who wrote into the chat, parkour feels fluid like Mirror's Edge. And then the developers talk about how there's 3,000 parkour animations in this game. So if y'all don't know, like, the basis of Dying Light, the zombie game is that during the day, you know, you just have the crawling zombies. They're few and far between. Dying Light 2 very much plays with the idea that you're also fighting these gangs during the day, which, Kyle, the combat looked awesome. It's kind of what I wish, like, I don't know, Resident Evil Village kind of took after, where, like, I'm a bit more... It's a very action-focused, of course, melee weapon focus, but it's, it's more about your dodging and also parkouring while you're fighting all these enemies and like you had like a mortal combat scorpion get over here weapon um you're like you have like spears that you could like just literally like whip out your backpack and just throw them at folks like there's a lot of interesting weaponry in this game that you get to create what was it about the combat that looked interesting to you because that's where we really lit up at uh it looked so fluid it looked mm-hmm. smooth um, I like seeing the damage to the enemies happen like in real time, like the amount of blood that would spray off when you are slicing through through these enemies w- with uh, these uh, rudely in- created like size and axes with yeah. like whatever scrap you can find. I really dig that. I, I dig that it still feels fluid and smooth at, just like the parkour moving through the city does. So like it's you, you, I'm assuming you feel like you are just like, you're nothing but water. Like you're, yeah. you're so easy to evade and, and attack and swift and quick. Like I really, really dig that. Um, Really quick before we move too far away from sure. it. I, I wanted to just double check about the platinum edition thing. It is now also $25 on PlayStation. Awesome. I'll the PSN. It's, this up. it's until June 11th is that okay. price discount. So it's 25 bucks on Xbox on PlayStation, uh, the platinum edition that has all the DLC. So that's way better than a hundred bucks. So if you're oh, interested yeah. in it, pick it up before the 11th. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely just might because that this game really sold me on this game. I didn't think it would. Um, I, mm-hmm. I really liked what I saw. Like the combat was definitely up my alley. The parkour, which is something that you were frustrated about in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it seems a lot more 
like what Jedi Master Ren said, fluid. Um, yeah, it, I just hope it's easier to to pull off mm-hmm. and not be janky. I just I remember trying to like land on a small surface and it would never work. You have to yeah. be like so precise and it kind of took away from that fluid parkour feeling when you have to really be precise of landing on what they're clearly telling you you can go and do this thing but it's so hard to land on this part of this platforming puzzle like i hope it i hope it fixes a little bit and it, it's easier to get into yeah and uh when it comes to parkour that's what i'm hoping as well it seemed that that way as well and like the zombies they talked about it first off they call them monsters they're yeah. zombies all right yeah and i'll be the all um but they talk about how they've changed and evolved. So these infective are not just like, there's reasons as to why they are the way they are. There were a creepy spooky one that had like, like spider legs in the back. One that's like chest opened up, but it's like it's lips or something weird. Um, fucking crazy looking monsters. Uh, God, just the, the, the game looks so, First off, the zombies look so scary. The world itself looks beautiful, though. Like, in this overgrown way, akin to A Last of Us. How The Last of Us looks beautiful in all of its garbage that surrounds the yeah. world. It's There really was nice. a shot of the city where, like, you can see how bright and colorful it is above the overpass, but underneath it's, like, dark and... and and grungy and yeah. that shot reminded me of like Pittsburgh in Last of Us Part 1 and I was mm-hmm. like oh okay I can di- I dig this I, yeah. I I love seeing I love being in a city setting that is overrun by nature and that's just really the post apocalyptic setting kind of thing I really dig that yeah even what Jedi Master Ren says it's kind of like you know Horizon Zero Dawn that way sure. as well yeah. um yeah I could draw those parallels perfectly um, I really liked the open world look. Also, they talk about this game is massive. They won't like specify how massive, but they said it's not just about horizontal landscapes. It's also mm-hmm. about verticality. You know, they they say the way to escape the zombies is to get on the rooftops of these skyscrapers. And so it was just it it, it was a really awesome backdrop that they set for this game. That I'm really excited about, and to have things like four-player co-op, so that I could be chilling with my friends playing this game with them, um, that mm-hmm. has me completely on board. I think this game has a has a sort of post-apocalyptic Mad Max sort of vibe in some some uh, areas that just I'm completely on board with. So I'm yeah. really interested in this game. The last bit of news is that it releases on December seventh, uh, twenty twenty-one. So good for them. Good for them. Hopefully that yeah. sticks. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I came off actually really high on it. And you're still, even after this conversation, I'm, you're like, eh. I'm still probably going to get it and play it. It just, mm-hmm. it's not, not like going to run straight to GameStop to go pre-order the game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like a wait and see kind of thing. Um, but it looks gorgeous. It I'm excited to see what it looks like on my PlayStation 5 and how well it runs and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's another thing. I don't think they specified what this was running on, so this could be just a very high-end PC, but yeah. I'm really excited to check this out on PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. With that, that's been our reactions, our breakdown from Dying Light 2. Now, Kyle, 
Yes. It's, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Let's break down Horizon Forbidden West. So, before we break down what we just saw with Horizon Forbidden West, I want to preface this because I feel like we've gone full circle here. Um, this show would not happen if it wasn't for Horizon Zero Dawn. And so, getting to sit with a bunch of community members that I call friends and watching the sequel to this game that started it all for this show um, is something that is just, it's like coming full circle. So thank you all so much for being a part of the show, whether you've just joined last week or two weeks or two years. It really does mean a lot. So thank you all so much. With that, I want to kind of set the stage for you here, Kyle, um, in the audience of what area we're walking into. So Horizon Forbidden West, it seems like is taking place in San Francisco. And the area itself is actually kind of reminiscent. And I know it's a PlayStation podcast, but it kind of feels a lot like the beginning of Halo 3, where you're in the jungle. Everything is just lush, tropical. And they address one of the big issues that a lot of people had with the original game, which was the facial animations in Horizon 1. If it was anyone that was an Aloy, genuinely didn't look that great. Right off the bat, Kyle, take it away. You're the one that noticed the animations. What were your thoughts of, of all the facial work that you saw here? Oh, my God. It's so much better. Even even in Aloy's face, like it's they feel like actual real living human beings um yeah. especially with talking with the NBCs at the beginning there like it wasn't that it didn't feel or it didn't look like their mouths were moving unnaturally like they did yep. in the first game that was one of the the big issues animation wise like this one it looks like they've learned from that mistake and really kind of worked worked on it as, as much as they possibly can um yeah, the characters talking to each other just in general looks so much better. Yeah. Um and and right the I mean right after that the other thing I noticed was just like the same thing I noticed from the Ratchet and Clank um Rift Apart uh last state of play thing that they did. It's just mm-hmm. how damn colorful this game is. Like yeah. I love a game that isn't shy with using its colors, and there are multiple moments in this where I'm like, I can see every kind of color on this one picture in front of me, I and mean, I wh- love that. Yeah, like the 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 her just stepping out away from the 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 cinematic that was playing, mm-hmm. and you just see like she's surrounded by like this this waterfall. And you're seeing the blues and then the mist hit like the air and you just see all the particle effects at the same time. Like the earth around you is just so lush with like, you know, grass, like tall grass, shrubbery and all these things in, in the world around you mixed with the red that they're using, um, for the tall grass and for some of the blight that we've we've seen yeah like there's deep greens reds blues the palette is just all types of color um even like to the hue of like the robots that we see here right yeah i'm just gonna classify them dino bots that's an original term that i coined it was like a like uh for one of the the raptors early on when they they got real close to aloy 
like the jaw when it the sunshine on it, it like turned like a bluish like turquoise yep. teal like yep. in the in the chin area i'm like man oh man so good the lighting as well is just phenomenal this is off of PlayStation 5 as well. Um, mm-hmm. You could see all the pores, like the blush on her cheeks, like everything is just, yeah. it's so freaking like lifelike. When, when she's underwater and you can see the her hair mm-hmm. kind of flowing in the water current, like it, it would in real life, like gorilla games <laughs> what you, are you, you doing you one upped yourself yeah i can't believe this is the same studio that made dark and dreary kill zone right and just speaking of the the animation work off of aloy that we see like like what we're looking at right now the drapes that are on on her skirt like and the pouches are all moving with with, with her and like as the fabric would and her hair, the first thing that we picked apart was how the hair moves. It's just that what you think hair would move like, which is just, <laughs> again, animation work, the world. We didn't need yeah. convincing that it could be more beautiful, um, but it is. She also has a, a, a scanner ability. This is something that I really like. So it'll show you what you're climbing on. So most video games, they'll give you like a white line or like a yellow line and you'll be like, Oh, I could climb that wall. I could climb this piece of rock or whatever. This one. No, you don't have any of those tells. You have to scan the environment kind of like the Batman Arkham scanners and it'll scan. Oh, this is the ledge that I could climb. Um, it's, awesome it looks really clean i really like that and it takes it does add a little bit to that world as well and yeah the way her hair moves underwater is just astounding and i know we sound like complete fanboys and i get it but this is a playstation podcast to slow your roll but like this kind of screams to me like the incredibles Remember when people are, when people were freaking out about that animation in that in that movie with hair and how it reacted to water? That's the same thing I'm getting here. Even the pools mm-hmm. of fish move like pools of fish would. I just noticed that right now. <laughs> Absolutely stunning, Kyle. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! And it looks like from the combat side of things, like everything that we've experienced in the first game, it just looks like it's there and more. Like you saw the sling pouch she used for a little bit, including like that new sticky grenade thing that kind of glued the the elephant down. Um, yeah. It looks like they are just giving us more tools to play with. Um, I'm very happy with that. They mentioned you can upgrade all the weapons like in a workbench mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, so that's super awesome. Um, I would love to know what what those bars on the bottom right are. Obviously, one is health. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what the other one would be. Stamina? Perhaps. That's a good that's a good she's idea. She's not using she's she doesn't use magic, right? Or oh, maybe the slowdown. Maybe that's the bar for the slowdown effect when you zoom in. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, also the UI incredibly clean cuz yeah. like I'm just realizing it now what you're trying to tell me and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're Yeah, no, you're not it's wrong. Also, there's, it's there's not a lot it's a little a little weird that it's bottom right. Yes. Because usually it's upper yeah. left or mm-hmm. bottom left. Um, but yeah, there's still so much, uh, so many other questions of like, is there like a, a central hub, right? How big is that central city? Like in the first game is, and mm-hmm. 
and how many exactly different biomes are we getting? Um, right. Because you you pointed it out. We we I I think it I think it was known. I think it just we it reoccurred we to us. Yeah. yeah, but we're in San Francisco. We saw the trolleys mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to the combat real real fast. Uh, very. It's not like a departure. It's very much like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But just adding a little extra depth in terms of fighting human AI. Which was always kind of boring here. This one, it seems like it's adding a little extra depth and complexity to the melee and to the range fights. So, like, we're fighting this big giant dude with a hammer. You're seeing that Aloy, to kind of get space from him, she puts, like, this little, like, I guess, charge in her staff. And she literally, it's like a shotgun wave blast and just makes a separation between her and the target. And then with that, she's able to shoot him with arrows or she's like doing air attacks mid air with the, with the spear. And then she literally drop kicks him. And while in mid air, starts shooting arrows at him. Yeah. In, in addition, in addition to what you would face, like in the, the the robot dinosaurs um even now the human enemies you can actually now shoot off shields and armor to to access weak points because i think during that that fight with that big guy um you were knocking off like armor plates from him and and opening uh some weaknesses there so i i love that that is now also to the humans because like you said the humans in the first game were the weakest part as far as like enemies would go you kind of you kind of would or at least how i would play you would find a far away spot and just snipe them off and pick them off one by one when you're trying to to free their i forgot what they were called yeah like rebel encampments or something in Mm -hmm. the in the first game and i would just stay far away and just pick them off yeah but here it actually looks like there's some difference between them and there's a lot more strategy yeah and I also I hate I hate giving this person credit you know this but uh, Luke Lore over at the Xbox Expansion Pass decided to be a traitor and and come and and watch with us and he said in chat that very much gave him Uncharted vibes in terms of like you know level design and I kind of agree like yeah. like it was very much the one thing that I really liked from this was it was showing the failures of the first game or what people think the faults were of the first game like facial animation okay well look at look at how beautiful everything looks like the close up shots of Aloy as well are just mind boggling beautiful and this is being streamed by the way like the streams looking at a 1080p like you know yeah. uh, quality thing and so like uh, yeah i can't wait to put this on my 4k tv at the same exact time yeah they're like hey let's let's try to not reinvent but let's try to evolve the the, the climbing mechanics add a grapple they've done that and then yeah human combat it looks like there's a lot. It, it's a lot more in depth. The things that they needed to prove, they absolutely proved it. And they took a little thing from a game. I don't know if you heard of this called Fortnite. It got a glider in it. You got a little glider. Oh, Jump oh, from yeah, high yeah, points. One hundred aloys fall I'm into sure a San Francisco. Like, you know what this game needs? A little <laughs> bit of Fortnite in it. Yeah, dude. Yes, absolutely. Um, the again, we go back to the 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 Dino Bots again. I coined it. Um, you got to ride this Velociraptor looking thing. It's absolutely bonkers. And then we get to the boss fight, which is one of the mammoths. And you're seeing all those guys with bows and arrows shooting off of them. Um, and you get to see, uh, evolved gameplay of what it's like to take down one of these big giant mechs. 
the fucked up thing is the mammoth shoots at the raptor you're riding, kills it. This thing dies like it's a real animal. And it, it kind of made me a little sad because it just bonded with it. That being said, um, you're able to grapple onto buildings as it's just breaking them, r- ramming into walls. Um, you have a slingshot that kind of cements them in place while, you know, your buddy's shooting mortars at it. Classic. What makes this, this game so great when we were fighting, you know, things like the Thunderjaw are just again, more evolved here. Um, just. I like I got no words. Just really freaking awesome to see the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And adding what or, or fixing the things that were wrong with the the previous game, they're really tackling those issues. It's really like they listened to fan feedback, the good and the bad, and they're taking what works and and again getting rid of what doesn't and. Uh, just seeing how this boss fight works out, works out, and seeing you rip apart the armor from this behemoth, and just seeing like you know the the archers get blown away, eviscerated by one of the the cannons that you shoot at these things, and just seeing how everything falls apart, it remarkable. And yeah. the only thing that I think of, Kyle, is how is this going to run on a PlayStation Four? If Last of Us Part Two can run on PlayStation Four, I think this, <laughs> this can too. Yeah. Uh, real quick, um, Gorilla tweeted out: "We don't have an exact release date yet, okay. but development is on track, and we'll have an update for you very soon." So I would imagine after whatever Ratchet, the we E3 get it. or whatever the E3 show is, we'll get a mm. date there. Okay. That being said, we've talked enough about Horizon and singing its praises. Is there yeah. anything you think that we missed? Anything you want to? The last words, kind of remarks. No, okay. no, no last words <laughs> or anything. I'm just, uh, I'm more excited to see again physical video game person over here. Give yeah. me a collector's edition. <laughs> I want, yeah. I want the seal book. I want the statue of that giant elephant. Maybe I don't know. Just give me, <laughs> give me something to add to the the shelves over there, please. Yeah, this is, this is again. It means a lot. It's kind of like coming full circle. So there's no way yeah. we were going in this not going to sing its praises because this this no, absolutely this is this is this was my game of the year uh, for what is it 2017 and got a yep. lot of crap for it because everybody's like Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild. No, no, no. It's Horizon and just seeing yeah. seeing what they've done to it so far is just it's awesome. I have faith in Gorilla. Absolutely. That's it, Kyle. We have one more game that you really want to talk about. And I don't I'm not really even... want to talk about it. I think we should because it is newsworthy. Sonic stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It was a fun thing. So Sonic Central was like a Sonic <laughs> celebration of the anniversary earlier mm-hmm. today. Um, granted, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan. I would even not even call me a fan of Sonic, even in general. But uh, the the Sonic Central thing was was fun. Um, you got a Sonic Colors remake or remaster called Sonic Colors Ultimate. I've heard that game is actually quite good from the Sonic fans. Mm-hmm. You get a Sonic Origins um, uh, a collection. I think Sonic 1 through 3 and then Sonic CD and Sonic and & Knuckles, I believe, is part of that. So that's super cool. Um, Sonic is popping up in other Sega games like Lost Judgment, which 
you can play like an arcade game, Sonic Fighters inside of it. He's a character in Two Point Hospital. Um, he, you can also play as a guy wearing a Sonic mascot costume in the Olympic Games in Tokyo, which is fantastic. I love the visual of that because it's really funny. And then like some really crazy merch of like a Encyclopedia, uh, which is like all the lore in Sonic. You have blinged out chains with Sonic characters on it uh, to appeal to the hip hop. Uh, genre of fans. That's what they said. That's not what we said. That's not what we said. They said. And by the way, we do not endorse it. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Very weird choosing over there, Sega. Yeah. Um, and it ended on a really short teaser for a brand new Sonic game that's coming on 2022. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm tired of these very short, just title things uh, where you don't really know anything else about the game. Yeah. I feel like they, they were rushing to get something out, and that's all they could do. I'd rather wait. Because then we're waiting on, like, the Metroid Prime 4 and the yeah. Bayonetta 3. And the uh, last night was, like, the Dragon Quest event. Like, the Dragon Quest 12 thing was just a logo. So, dope logo. But I, I, I want to see more of the game. Instead sure. of just a logo piece, but yeah, Sonic was. If you're in the Sonic fan, go watch it. I'm sure you'll dig it a lot more than us. But yeah, I am it, excited for yeah. Sonic Colors because that was legitimately sure. a good game, unlike most Sonic games. And I'm here to mm-hmm. tell you this once and for all: this Sonic, and I hate to, to use this word, mania that's going around. I don't believe in it. And Sonic <laughs> is this close from joining words like banger in the band words in the trophy room. No, banger is here to stay. You know what was a banger? That state of play was a banger. I should have mentioned that earlier. Straight up, triple A banger right there. God damn, I need a new co-host. So here's the thing. (laughs) So before we get into the second half of the show, there was some breaking news um, that broke this morning. I feel like we should talk about, and this is undoubtedly going to be the longest trophy room episode so buckle in this is you're in for a treat of a week that is that this tweet comes from randy pitchford good news or bad news first good news an update for borderlands 3 has been prepared for release that includes full cross-play support across all platforms bad news For certification, we have been required by the publisher to remove cross-play support for PlayStation consoles. Kyle, a few weeks ago, we learned with the Apple V Epic case that PlayStation requires publishers, developers to pay for cross-play. There's specific fees as well uh, for cross-play. They are the only publisher that does this, or, or sorry, platform that does this ironically i think we said a few weeks ago well if it don't impact us well who cares well a few weeks have gone by and now it impacts us because we don't get crossplay a game that very much needs it i want to know what your thoughts on this issue is man because i know you're you're a big for uh, fortnite borderlands guy so yeah. i want to know what your where your head's at with the whole crossplay thing I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm the go-to person. Also, this person. is an assumption, by the way. Uh, Dano and chat, you're definitely right here. It's definitely an assumption. We're assuming because PlayStation implements a system like this that the publisher won't pay it or go cross-play isn't a thing. Sure. I, I'm trying to connect dots. So yeah. 
Take it away, Kyle. I, I, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this when it comes to the Borderlands fandom because I usually play the game by myself, solo. Mm. So crossplay is not a huge issue for me, but crossplay was has been such a good thing for the last couple of years for PlayStation, and, and it's an added benefit for anyone who plays games on that system. So to hear that this game that is all about really co-oping with your friends and playing through and and taking on the the land of uh, Pandora and, and what and the other planets and stuff like it's a bummer. It sucks that they can't put it in for whatever reasons <laughs> maybe because I think I think crossplay should be in that game. I mean, crossplay should be a thing in all games if I'm totally honest. And mm-hmm. the fact that there are still barriers to this thing is really annoying. Yeah. Again, saying as a single-player person, like, it's really annoying. Just get it done. Yeah. It is It, it is infuriating because I thought we were over this at this point, right? Yeah. And again, if this is on Sony, sure. And I get it. As a business, if I'm Sony, there is no point for me to just open up everything for other platforms. I, I get that argument, but as the gamer who doesn't care about their bottom line, that this isn't going to make or break them, um, it's aggravating to see. So I could connect the dots, and I, for one, think, yeah, Sony's kind of in the wrong here. Um, if that is the case, if it's something that's a glitch on their end, sure. But it screws us over the PlayStation gamer who like for me, I, I could play my games on my Xbox and that's fine. And I, I could probably even have an easier time doing it with some of the crossplay games, but I choose not to, cause I really do like this ecosystem, but choices like this make me go, okay, maybe for my multiplayer games, I'll ditch my dual sense for an Xbox controller, although I very much prefer my dual sense. So it's decisions like these that do make me question my support of PlayStation 100% when it comes to um, multiplayer games, for sure. And again, this is also Randy Pitchford saying these things as well, which Randy Pitchford is known to be a bit of a liar and does it Jesus poise very well, well, as We've been, we've heard. Oh, Joe so Joe, Joe froze. You know it. Is that a it Joe sucks. Or is it that also sucks that it took two years for this game to have that support. Oh, and I also think, yep, everything just crashed. Kyle, are you here? Kyle, hello. hello? Oh, there we go. There we go. Hi. <laughs> you froze <laughs> on me for track. a solid thirty seconds. Yeah, no, I saw. I saw <laughs> as I went on my rant. So yeah, to make a very long story short, it's. It's a bummer, and PlayStation really needs to get on track with everyone else. If even Nintendo seemingly doesn't have a problem with this, you shouldn't have a problem with this either, man. You know, everybody's going down this road, and if more PlayStation fans feel like they're being left out in the cold and comes to multiplayer games, they're not going to be playing on your platform for very much longer. That sucks, you know? I don't know. That's just how I feel. And I felt like it just needed to be addressed as we get into the second part of the show. But Kyle, what a great live reaction. What a not so great news story from Randy Pitchford. I do hope that in the future, uh, that, that future games don't have this problem like Borderlands did. That's all I'll have Mm -hmm. to say when we close out. That said, Kyle, it's onward to the second part of the show. Let's do it. Well, Kyle, I hope future Joe and Kyle had fun there. 
with all those live reacts. But now, welcome to the second half of the show where we got some breaking news as of recording this show. So let's not waste any time. It's time to square up the news, Kyle. From Wesley Yinpool from over at Eurogamer, Wesley writes, Sony exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation franchises. As part of a corporate strategy meeting held today, May 26th, Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, confirmed the plan, saying, quote, We have been thinking about how players enjoy our content and have had some early success with experimenting with mobile games and apps for, to provide more choice to gamers. Mobile is just one of the areas we are exploring to reach millions of gamers beyond our platforms. PlayStation has a huge catalog of diverse first-party IP that can transition to smartphone gaming and complement our AAA games or live service games. We are exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation franchises, so please stay tuned, end quote. Sony already has a mobile publishing label called PlayStation Mobile Incorporated, which has published the likes of the PlayStation app, the PS Remote Play app, Endless Runner, Run Sackboy Run, top-down puzzle game Uncharted Fortune Hunter, AR app God of War Mimir's Vision, and a handful of PlayStation 4 PlayLink titles such as Supermassive's Hidden Agenda and Flavorworks' Erica. And then in an update from Daniel Ahmad... And I just want to say before you get into the Daniel Ahmad tweet, this is yeah. breaking as we were recording this segment here. So he Ooh. has some really big uh, updates. This was from an investor uh, call... Um, all this breakdown of sales to even some of their future plans and what may hold for the future of PlayStation. There's a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of things that we had thoughts that were leading into this direction. And now we have more proof that that's the case. So, Kyle, take it away, good sir. Sony just released its IR Day presentation for the Games and Services segment. Some notable parts on the strategy to grow the PlayStation gaming business. PlayStation is currently the most profitable it has ever been. So full stop There's, right there. Yep. One, mm -hmm. one sec. Most profitable it's ever been. A lot of people, yeah. we've been worried, right? Where's the direction of PlayStation? Is Microsoft, in fact, eating their lunch? And it's awesome to see that PlayStation is in a better place than it was today that when they launched the PlayStation 4. So it's really mm -hmm. awesome to see. They even had a, a cool little slide that kind of brought it into perspective of like, here's what their lead IP were in the launch of the of the generation. You saw like, you know, Knack, you saw Shadowfall, you saw a whole bunch of sevens there. And then they showed Miles Morales, they showed Demon Souls, they so showed Returnal, and you're seeing all these eights and nines and all these really solid experiences. And that's telling their investors like, look, these IP are stronger than ever. And our base catalog, the games that we know are going to be heavy hitters, look what we got. We have Uncharted. We have God of War. We have Horizon. And so it's awesome to see that right now, IP-wise, PlayStation knows as well as its investors, as well as we do, they're in a really great place IP-wise. So again, take it away, Kyle. Uh, some additional key points to that. PS5 sell-in during the first fiscal year is higher than sell-in for prior PlayStation consoles. Sony is targeting 50% plus market share in consoles with the PS5. Free-to-play is a key driver of PlayStation Store consumer spend, now 25% of total PlayStation Store revenue. And subscriptions is another key driver, providing value-added services to console gamers. 
Mm-hmm. And then some other new growth vectors for Sony include. Do you want to add something, Joe, before I continue? No, I. you know what? I wanted to ask you, and I'm sorry it's on me because, again, we had to change the notes and we're kind of working on the sure. fly here. No worries. Anything that's striking you, because like I had that nice little rant that PlayStation's the best it's ever been, but reading along here, is there anything that strikes you as interesting or something to note? I mean, as I'm as I'm reading this and I'm hearing Jim Ryan just say, "Oh yeah, we the mobile market is is untapped and and bring bring gaming to complement our AAA games," and I just had to grab this blue beautiful (laughs) little handheld that could have been the solution, Jim, Mm -hmm. but you didn't support it. And I'm saying this is on you because you're in charge now. (laughs) I mean, even though it was after the Vita's downfall, yeah, 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 you could have supported this, and this could have been your mobile thing right here. The the Vita for audio listeners who aren't watching uh, the video. It's that barrier cop. <sighs> it never. But like I, I, I think the the craziest thing out uh-huh. of this is that twenty five percent of the total PlayStation Store revenue comes from free to play games. Like I, I and, think and, that's just code for Fortnite. <laughs> Well, yeah, Fortnite and like including now with like I know MLB the show is racking up tons of money for buying all those stubs to get in-game packs for the Diamond Dynasty and yeah. and whatnot. So that's huge that a quarter of all their revenue from PSN store is just from free to play microtransactions. And that's pretty crazy. Well, I was in a conversation with our good friend uh friend of the show, Ainsley from Season Gaming. And he was just like, this is the future that we've been talking about. This is, it's going to be on their services front. It's going to be from the microtransactions. And there even shows a graph of like, here's where the bulk of our profit comes from. And it's the bulk of it is their services like PlayStation Now, like PlayStation Plus, but also the microtransactions they get from uh from you know games like MLB the show, which is actually a bullet point uh coming up ahead. So, you know, I I, I gotta say, I, as it, it it surprises me too because you know the days of play sale is is upon us, and since I own most of those games already, it's kind mm-hmm. of just a fond look back for me of like, man, Last of Us Part Two was a really great game, and I even put yeah. out a tweet seeing uh, Ghosts on sale for forty bucks, which if you haven't already somehow buy that game of like, I'm thinking of all these amazing IP that PlayStation has and that they're yeah. proud of as well. Um, and then saying and, and, and thinking, yeah, those are the games that are just making the bank for for Sony. They don't have to rely I mean, on play, uh, microtransactions. But yeah, it, it's not a it. huge it's not a huge money getter. But seeing how robust Dreams is, and right now currently it's only ten bucks on the store. Yeah, like that that is that is a big meaty beefy product that you can really lose yourself in. And for only ten bucks, that's a great deal. And I think it's like it's it's titles like not so much Dreams. But like sure. titles like Ghost of Tsushima and, and Last of Us and God of War, that it's it's the things that get you into the ecosystem. It's those IP, and then it's the free to play games like Fortnite that are really just printing the the cash for PlayStation. So yeah, I'm <laughs> I take a look at the mobile thing too. Of you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. How are you really gonna do this? How how is this? Like are are these the the quick little cash grabs like we all think of the Uncharted mobile mobile game, but or it, are you gonna have memorable experiences here? Because if I'm just playing like God of War Bejeweled and I'm just tossing axes at jewels to break them, like <laughs> cool, I'll play that. But like I'm not. <laughs> but like that, I I want something of substance, right? I think what I think what we came to what we would love to see from that 
when we talked about it a few weeks ago, <laughs> was like a PS All Stars kind of thing, like um, like that Marvel mobile app where yes. you can get heroes and it's you can build them up and level them up and get new skills and whatnot. Like I think that'd be cool. Out. But it does bum me out, but I, I think from if you're gonna go mobile, I would love it to be like a celebration of all of PlayStation. Yeah. Instead of just having a these like copy and paste style of games like Run Sack by Run, which is an endless runner and and the, the tr- fortune hunter thing, which is like a pu- top down puzzle thing like I don't need another version of a game I've played 50,000 times. Sure. Give give me something that celebrates PlayStation instead of like a copycat of something that I can I already have on my phone probably. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. And again, like we'll talk about it in a sec. So, you know, we'll actually I'll save that point for later. Let's sure. get to the next bullet point cuz that one's Yeah. That one's really good. More games are coming to PC and reaching PC-heavy markets. Now, on this slide that they showed investors, um, they showed Days Gone, which is right now currently on Steam, doing really well as well. Pete, That's awesome. Pete Kicker, uh, I believe, friend of the show, Benji, said it was around 54,000 people uh, playing that at once. So awesome to see that game Sweet. get some legs. Um, either though, like we know, probably not getting a sequel. So awesome to see that game still doing well. And here's the here's the surprise here, Kyle. Everybody thought, you know, next game down the list is God of War. That's coming to PC. Mm-hmm. Does not seem to be the case because the game that they have here is Uncharted 4 A Thieves End. How does that strike you? What do you think the price point of this game would be? Ooh, price point wise. Because this game's super old. You could get it for probably, yeah. you know, t- uh, 10, 20 bucks at this point. Depending on if it's like one of the again days of play, I think I think they've made as much money as they possibly can on PlayStation with that title. I don't think you're you're going to be making millions of dollars from people that haven't already played it, especially since it was on PS Plus not that long ago as one of the games. And again, it's a massive game, one of PlayStation's best and, and biggest IPs. So most people bought it day one. Um, I think you could sell it for like 40 bucks and just mm-hmm. be happy with what you get. Cause like any, <laughs> any additional money for, from a, a game you've already made a ton on is a plus. It's not, it's not a negative. I would be okay if they sold it for, and hear me out before anybody starts throwing spears at my, at my face here. Um, but I would be okay if it sold at 40 or 50, if they included not just the multiplayer, but uh lost legacy. The superior title. Ah, okay. I'd be I'd be all right with that. And also, they want to expand into PC. And this is a reason that I don't think we've really talked about on the show. Um, the but it seems like one of their main focus, at least into investors, why they want to go into the PC market is to expand in more targeted uh, targeted countries. So the mm-hmm. big push here is in China, over two hundred fifty four million, I believe, PCs that they could tap into. Um, they got the Russian Federation. If you don't know what that is, that's Russia. Uh, that they could that they could peel into uh, on PC, and even Iran, our sworn enemy. PlayStation's oh, working with them. Oh no, freedom and American democracy, all that jazz. So, like, those are tons of markets that aren't necessarily console heavy. That PlayStation's looking at it, going, "Well, we could just throw our IP here, and that's fine." Yeah, and. I, I mean, we've beat this horse to death at this point. 
mm-hmm. more people get to play these games. It's a big I, one for yeah. everyone involved. I could already just imagine the Twitter meltdown by those, and I hate to use this word, I hate, I hate it, but like the Sony ponies out there that like this, yeah. is the, they broke their desk over learning that what was it that uh, Horizon, Horizon was coming to PC? Someone broke their desk, and all you yeah. saw was like heard was heavy breathing, like he was the guy was obviously crying. And his room's destroyed. He's like, this is what you made me do, Sony. He's like, no, actually, it's your nerd rage and your lack of yeah. friends that did that one, buddy. <laughs> so. I it, It's still to this day. When I see somebody get upset over a console and turn into, like, console war, excuse my language, bullshit. <gasps> I, I hope, oh my God, oh, I literally probably said the F word not that long ago <laughs> no, on this not. show. On, on the live react, I probably yeah. said it. Um, but... It just it blows my mind that people aren't excited for more people to reach, for more people to experience that game, and in turn falling in love with the franchise, yeah. and showing PlayStation that there is a room for future installments of this game. Yeah, like so you can continue being a fan and getting new things with these characters in these worlds that you love, but just because it's on not a, a box set you don't have. Or that you think is is just yours and only yeah. yours, is, get upset. Like I don't, I just don't understand that mentality. It's sad and pathetic. That's what the mentality. Yeah, games are are yeah. amazing. And here on the trophy, we want to ce- celebrate the developers first and foremost. And this is the best way to do that. So, yeah, like mm-hmm. honestly, if they, like real talk, if the days go on on PC numbers improve or do even better or whatever, if they're imp- like whatever goal they needed to hit and then some, who knows if PlayStation turns around going, you know what? Huh. Maybe we'll do a Days Gone too. You know, like maybe maybe there's evidence here that we didn't see before. So Sure, yeah. Yeah, this could breathe not just new life into an already, you know, established IP, but could breathe new light into a game that wouldn't be on this platform otherwise. Yeah. I know. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Let's get the next talking point out of here. here next one is uh develop live service titles on console. Expand accessibility via cloud gaming to PS Now has 3.2 million subs now. Yeah. Which is awesome. Awesome to see. Also, the uh, PlayStation Plus is at 47 million. If, if, because they said it's like a combined total of around 50 million. So PlayStation Plus continues to grow. Uh, PlayStation Now continues to kind of just be there. Um, and, yeah, they're, they want to expand into cloud gaming as well. So you see the need, you see the want, you see them partner again with play, people like Xbox, people or sorry, Microsoft, and saying, hey, um, so can we have your cloud <laughs> architecture? And them going, okay, can we have your, you know, your, your transistors or whatever it is? And them making those deals to make this possible. So it goes to this next point of the key being... Uh, being communicated here is that PlayStation is extending beyond the console. All right, PlayStation fans, sit your butts down. Let Uncle Joe talk to you here. Everything's going to be okay. They said, and this comes from the the, the little um, graph here, new growth vectors beyond the console, transformation from PlayStation's current console-centric ecosystem to a future where large elements of our community exist beyond the console. And they show this graph of these circles that all point to the PlayStation logo of services, games, web slash apps, commerce plus store, 
input output. I don't know what that one means, to be honest. Other <laughs> devices, mobile and console and network services. So there's the eight points that they're saying beyond the console. So when it says other services uh, or other other devices, that means mobile. That means they're mobile games. And who knows? Maybe we get a remote play that's more substantial than what we have. When they talk about those web plus apps, I think that's also speaking to those mobile devices, those mobile apps that we're going to probably see uh, in the near future. Games as well coming to PC. That makes sense to us, at least. And when it comes to network and services, this very much hints that PlayStation, not even hints, kind of tells PlayStation really wants to keep propelling PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. And this yeah. is this is this is interesting because this is the first time PlayStation's really seemed to go out of their way saying we we want to do this. We want to do this and we want to expand outside the ecosystem. And that's honestly, Kyle, that's promising to me. I want to know what your thoughts on this are, because we got a lot of people going, if PlayStation does this, what what does it mean to be a PlayStation player? And to me, it's like, well, if PlayStation, if if PlayStation, all they're doing is trying to sell consoles, right? We see that the ceiling is 115 million consoles, right? And that mm-hmm. is a capped growth at this point. We've seen that they can hit maybe if it's a PS2, 150 million. But you see with the PS4, PS3, and all that, the ceiling's around the the 120 mark. If they're looking at their competition, that is Xbox, and seeing them say, "Okay, we're going past consoles and into phones and into tablets and into you know low end PCs and all this," well, if PlayStation's then just stagnant at this point. And if that ceiling is just capped at that hundred, well, then they can't make more money off those IP. So yeah, it's just letting your competition grow and you just stagnate. So to me, this makes perfect sense. It's something that I actually like for my Xbox experience and something that I'd like to see come from PlayStation. I'd like to know your thoughts, Kyle. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it's only going to be a good idea if they if they grow and and do that kind of stuff where we get a Game Pass like thing on PlayStation. Granted, I don't think they need to put first party stuff on there right away or day and date kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's I think happen it, though one day. You think? I would think so, but I don't know. I don't know about it yet, honestly. I don't know if they'll they'll do that or not. Um, do you think because that would people are buying the game the regardless? Experience? Like, do you, do you think that I don't think it'll it? hinder the experience whatsoever? But mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I don't think they feel the need to because people are buying the games regardless. Okay, I think it's um, going to happen in the in the next five years. You will see all first party games being on whatever platform they could be on. Sure, that's why yeah. I honestly got think. I think I I think. You're seeing them test the waters with Horizon and Days Gone, and Uncharted makes sense because they were hiring someone that uh, focuses on NVIDIA um, PCs and and so like or PC architecture. So like you can see them kind of hint that they're going this way. This is just the testing waters. Once they get everything down, that yeah, they're gonna be PC on PlayStation on day one. Sure. Again, I think in the next five years. Maybe I'm crazy and out of my mind, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but I I think as looking at this, um, the new growth vector stuff that they're talking about again, I'm not good at this technical 
business jargon. person speak yeah. jargon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm looking specifically at like the the cloud graph or mm. or the image. I don't know if you have that one up there. I do. Um, but like seeing PlayStation now grow over a million subscribers in a year. Which is huge because that was floundering on the chart. Like it yeah. only went up a couple hundred thousand, and then within the past fiscal year, it jumped over a million users. And then over here, I, I find very interesting with like the service updates for the PS Now, where they're doing a dollar for a month promotion, right. the 1080p streaming, right. and then they have uh, on here the logos of Horizon and Spider-Man Miles Morales, Horizon Forbidden West, as. Um, it grafted within the cloud stuff. So like they're clearly integrating cloud with the bigger first party stuff. I don't know yeah. if this means they're coming on PS now at some point in, in mm-hmm. the future or whatnot, but I, they're, they're listening. They mm-hmm. see what they need to do to evolve and they're making those steps to yeah. continue making PlayStation the best place to play. Yeah. I would say in all fairness, compared to the growth of game pass, not great. Oh, Game Pass no. is like a million a month. No. It's nuts. They so, will never catch Game Pass in no? terms of like users and, and whatnot because they our don't have that. Hate you day right and now, Kyle. Thing. Your our audience Listen, hates you. They want to say only. They nice don't things. hate me. They don't. How many of our audience <laughs> actually has PS now? Yeah. I guarantee you, not very many. It's true. Uh, like, I still need to cancel my PlayStation now that I'm <laughs> mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will never catch Game Pass until, like you mentioned, the day and date major first party IP is it's a thing that you can do on your yeah. on your PlayStation. And that won't happen until again those IP don't don't sell mm-hmm. gangbusters. Which another thing to point because I've seen some people and I just want to slap them in their dumb mouth say that Returnal is a failure. They've put Get out, out here. They said successful new IP. Returnal. Yeah. yeah. Returnal. Ghost of Tsushima right under it. So they see those IP is doing well for that ecosystem, for their ecosystem. So that's great, too. Uh, the one thing, too, is uh, one of the focal points in one of these new segments that they were talking about here is growth between collaborations. Um, and what this is, exactly means is them partnering with their internal conglomerate. So... Um, you know, we talked about the PlayStation video pass that they're testing in Poland. That was on here. Mm. They talk about PlayStation productions, their movies with Uncharted. Where the hell is Sully's goddamn mustache? That's beyond the point. They talk <laughs> about PlayStation production TV shows mixed with the movies uh, or sorry, their music with uh, the PlayStation launch of Travis Scott collaboration, their TV collaboration where they're bundling PlayStation 5s with Sony Bravia, Bravia TVs, and then the Play at Home initiative partnering with Funimation. So you're really getting to see for the first time, and I think forever. I don't. I've never seen Sony really kind of work in one fluid motion with each other this way. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's pretty damn cool. I don't know. Also, yeah. the the one thing that they talked about here, and let me try to get this this up. They talk about expanding. PlayStation first party, not just partnerships, but expanding PlayStation first party uh, 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 um, mergers and acquisitions. So again, we talk about Ghost of Tsushima, Returnal being their their IP powerhouse. Also mention, Kyle, uh, under the banner of uh, of IP powerhouses, you know what game is almost front and center? Uh, yeah. 
But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there later. We'll get there later. But Bloodborne's there. That's why you to uh, know that. Honestly, can can I make a uh, a point here? Please. That is confusing to me a little Please. bit. Yeah. Where's Nathan Drake? There's no Uncharted in this banner. Yeah, and it's, it's now that you say this, it kind of leads into more of like this is definitely an intern making this slide, this PowerPoint. But yeah. Nonetheless, Bloodborne is almost front and center. It's almost <laughs> next to Last of Us. It's almost next to it's next to God of War. So I'm just letting that be pointed out. But they're they're going to extend their partnerships, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, they talk about Project Haven. They talk about Fire uh, Firewalk Studios as well. So those are the partnerships that they're talking about. What those mergers and acquisitions? They keep teasing this, Kyle. They've been teasing it for over a gosh dang year. Just put a ring on Housemark. Just put a ring yes. on Bluepoint. Blue Point. Please. Come on. Please. Please. Now, here's the one thing, though, that we almost skipped out on because we talked about MLB The Show. They are going to develop a live service titles on the console. That worries you. That has to worry you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so reading through this and me seeing the develop more live service titles as like first party stuff that's a bummer i don't i don't play games for like games and service kind of things like i those games for example like avengers or destiny i'll play for i'll play for a bit and then i'm i'm done right just because it's not as in-depth story-wise for me and single-player wise for me like it's so those live as service games are so heavily skewed to playing with friends and playing, you know, multiplayer that and you like that solo every, experience. I like that solo experience. So okay. if they're doing more of those, I'm going to be less and less interested in those things unless they do something like crazy. Like if for just for example, like if this um, factions multiplayer from last of us is big and beefy and that is like a live at service kind of game. That I'd be more into just because I dig that multiplayer style and that kind of style yeah. of multiplayer game. So I guess it's a touch and go thing, but more of that when it's already very crowded with service games makes me nervous. Yeah, it makes me nervous as well because, yeah, you take a look at the graph of like, here's how important these microtransactions are. And it's like literally the bulk of their income. And now, I mean, it's understandable. They want a piece of that pie, too. They look at MLB The Show and how successful it is on their platform. They want more of that revenue. So, to me, this screams more as whatever Haven is working on, it's multiplayer. And, of course, Firewalk, they've already said this is a multiplayer-centric game. Um, Mm -hmm. So, as long as it's about building their portfolio, I am totally fine with. Or bolstering their portfolio. I'm totally fine with. But... You know, I don't think it means, you know, Ghost of Tsushima is going to have microtransactions, but it's always an irrational fear because as gamers, we're always used to the tide of, man, this publisher could do no wrong. And then it's like, hi, Activision Blizzard, we're going to ruin everything. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, like, I understand that fear. I don't think it's going to be the bulk of them. I think it's going to be one or two heavy hitters that are going to probably be like a multi-platform or PC type of thing. Because that's what that those types of games need is the big ass audience. So, yeah. That said, though, that's that's everything, Kyle. That yeah, is it's a big heavy info dump. A huge one, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you read all this stuff, 
it seems like we're pretty good in PlayStation Nation. Yeah, like like they like they mentioned, uh, PlayStation is as good as it ever has been, and hmm. it can only continue to keep going up, in my opinion, with with brand new games coming soon and seeing them grow outside of games and you have the uncharted movie, you have the last of us show, like who knows what other adaptations are, are going to come out of it. Like it's only going to go up in my opinion. So I PlayStation is happy and healthy. If you're worried about that Schreier article a couple weeks ago, don't everything's good right. in PlayStation land. <laughs> he doesn't know jack shit. Holy <laughs> <laughs> kidding, Jason. We love you. Um, yeah, no, I taking a look at this. I'm very, Ooh, calm, because you get nervous again. Always used to like we're, we're used to companies, especially in new generations, going in really great and then messing up completely. I'm really interested now that we've seen Horizon, um, what they're going to show for us. You know, whenever they announce when they're going to do their Summer Games Fest event. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be this is an awesome time to be a gamer, and and I reiterate this whether you're on Xbox right now. Whether you're on PlayStation right now, you're eating. It's great to be a gamer at the end of the yeah. day. So this is awesome. This is great news. And Kyle, I got I got what? a piece of news for you that I think I think you might be pretty interested in. Let's go for it. <laughs> Rebecca Smith over at PS Lifestyle writes: Rumor, Team Ninja is developing a PS5 exclusive. Final Fantasy spin-off game called Final Fantasy Origin. Rumors have begun to spread about a PS5 exclusive Final Fantasy title. Those rumors have gained strength over the weekend as Twitter user at Souls Hunts has leaked more details on the title that is supposedly in development at Team Ninja. The rumors have also since been ver verified by Fanbyte. The title will reportedly Oh my god. The title will reportedly be called Final Fantasy Origin and will be a Souls-like game that takes place, quote, somewhere in or adjacent to, end quote, the world players explored in the first Final Fantasy title that was released on the NES. Souls Hunt compared the game to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that is accessible to a wider audience and doesn't have the difficulty associated with the more traditional Souls-like games. At the moment, the game will be exclusive to PlayStation 5, although there will be a later PC release. And there will be a demo called Stranger in Paradise released in the summer to gather player feedback. Team Ninja has previous experience with the franchise, having developed Dissidia Final Fantasy NT that was released back in 2018. This team is mostly responsible for the new title, although their staff moves fairly fluid, fluidly between their current projects. They may well introduce Neo-esque elements into the title, too. Souls Hunt has previously leaked a trailer from Elden Ring, the Legend of Beowulf season pass bonus story mission for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and the addition of Legends mode for Ghosts of Tsushima, so he has a track record with inside information. However, as always, take these rumors with a pinch of salt. No, Rebecca, I disagree. I'm going to run as fast as I can with these rumors, because here's the thing. On Twitter, I woke up one of these days during the week it's been it's times a times a, an enigma but yeah. i woke up super early and i, I checked twitter um it's just natural and i think that's i have a problem with twitter because i literally the first thing i do i'm like check see what's see what's up in the twitterverse so i have a problem and i'm addicted that being said it's not gonna stop and it is self-destructive but i saw someone say 
Um, a company that is usually really good with leaks has a huge one right now. And they would not be surprised that by the time E3 rolls around, everything's out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's circulating within the company. So I don't know if someone dropped a floppy disk or whatever happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring floppy disks back. But, like, whatever happened, something, something's happening. And to see immediately the morning after Team Ninja developing a PlayStation 5 exclusive Final Fantasy spinoff, in the vein of a Soulsborne experience, Kyle, you know, you're not a Souls boy like I am. You don't no. count down the days of which Bloodborne has come out, which it's been 2,255 days since the launch of Bloodborne. Um, is this the thing that gets you in? Because Star Wars, like, when I hear, you know, it's kind of like uh, Star Wars The uh, Fallen Order, well, or, or Jedi Fallen Order, sorry. Well, mm-hmm. I'm whoa that's exciting to me i want to know where you where you, where you lie on this is this getting you to uh, do the souls born i'm excited because of the fallen order um tie to it the not fallen because order? fall i said did i not say fallen order oh, i thought it said fallen order. Out, maybe okay yeah, yeah. okay uh, I'm more I'm more excited for the Fallen Order tie to this game yeah. um, than I am just for a Soulsborne Final Fantasy because what I really don't want is a ridiculously hard game in the Final Fantasy world that mm-hmm. I love so much and for a genre that I don't enjoy and, and having it be in this era of final fantasy which is kind of um foreign to me i, I never I played the first say, game yeah you because it was on super nintendo right the first no game the was? original original nes original. but that's what like that's what oh original nes and that's when this game yeah. takes places right before around that, that time okay yeah so i'm not familiar with that story or that world per se but any new final fantasy has me super excited i do think that Square Enix is might be running into a problem with mm-hmm. too much Final Fantasy out there. I feel like with this, with Remake 2, with Final Fantasy 16, with more 14 DLC, Lord knows what other smaller Final Fantasy things that they have planned. It's a lot of Final Fantasy. I just don't want them to run into an Assassin's Creed situation where there's mm-hmm. so much that it gets too saturated and a player players drop off because it's just too much the thing that i i think that square thinks and i'm kind of there with them is when you take a look at final fantasy 7 to final fantasy 16 um, yeah they are different styles they're different styles right one's like futuristic one's like Mm -hmm. uh, medieval fantasy and whatever this game has the potential of looking very different because of just the the camera angle alone um, sure. So I, I don't think it'll run into that type of fatigue. Also, That's Final fair. Fantasy XIV Online um, is just a juggernaut of a game. Yeah, which is so it's awesome to see. It's really awesome mm-hmm. to see. As I'm a, I'm a WoW kid, so I've tried fourteen once, and uh, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I, I like, I like the, I like the, the theme park esque uh, of Azeroth, where like there's no loading screen. You get into that continent and you're there, right? Uh, and you could approach at, like you could approach a different zone from literally any angle, and there's no loading screen. Sure. It's awesome. Um, 
but like Final Fantasy 14 is actually get, kind of getting me in because like the new job or class, I think it's called the Reaper. Literally, mm-hmm. it's a scythe and it reminds me of Bloodborne, Kyle. And so I'm like, I'm in. So when I think of a possible game from a studio that's known how to do these masochistic games, even called it masochistic, <laughs> um, you know, that's that's great. It gives me a lot of faith that whatever they have in store is something that I'm actually going to be down with because, you know, I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy. Yeah. But like just a Soulsborne-esque even if it's a little easier, I'm totally down with. Kyle, question for you. Good, sir. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, there's a beta or an alpha test in the summer. When's this game coming out? I, I'm, I'll, I'll let you think, because I think it's February of next year. That's my first E3 prediction. <laughs> it's going to be early 2022, which sounds nuts when you say it. Uh, let me do a quick little Google search. Okay. Ooh, you're getting real into it. All yeah, right. I'm just trying to see. Okay, he's really thinking, because I think you can't do it in the fall, because the Horizon. You can't do it. Oh, yeah, by the so, way, as we're recording this, this is a day before the live reacts, so yeah. I'm assuming Horizon's in the fall, but you know what? You guys will know. You'll be like, Joe, you literally... I'm- First 20 minutes, she said, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm so happy that I got it right on November 12th, 2021 is when Horizon Forbidden West is <laughs> coming it, out. Is it, dude? You right on. I nailed it, right? Right, crazy. Um, I think <laughs> next fall. Next fall. Next fall. So I'm thinking around maybe not November, maybe somewhere uh-huh. late September, October, kind of around where Fallen Order actually landed. Okay. Um. I just think because you also have the Square Enix game for Spoken, which I'm sure will be out at some point next year. Yeah. Um, you also have Final Fantasy 16, which apparently is still this year. Like I, I don't believe I, it when I see it. I like, same, same. That's I, why I don't I'm believe thinking, that. For that's a why I'm actually thinking Final Fantasy 16. That's the fall, and it's kind of like a sandwich. You know. Mm, I gotcha. Because Final Fantasy, this is how I'm thinking of it. Uh, Final Fantasy is coming out in November, the holiday, right? The online. Uh, and then I would say, oh, a few months afterwards, you have a cross promotion between the games with this new one, this new Soulsborne esque game, if it's real. And then later that year, end cap, big production, Final Fantasy 16. That's what I'm thinking. That's fair. Honestly, this might be the hottest take that you'll hear from me. I just want remake part two. (laughs) Really? Like I'm, (laughs) I'm excited for 16. I truly am. I'm excited for for spoken. I'm excited to see what this is all about, but give me part two. I want it. I'm so happy. Integrate is coming out very soon. So I'll get to see some new stuff in that world. I'm just the where they ended it off is exactly when the open world opens up and I know what's coming. I just want to, I want to, I want to experience it all, Joe. <laughs> I just want it. Dude, and that's true. It's like, well, oh, shit. Where would Final Fantasy remake? Would that be spring like, of 2023 then? Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. The Xbox version would probably come out next year. A Final Fantasy 7 sure. remake. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And, and maybe it's not Game Pass. Everybody loses their mind. But then Final Fantasy 7 remake part two. 
would be the next year after that. I think that would make sense. And, and have another like year of Sony exclusivity again? Yeah, and then people are going to really like real pissed off about it. Sure. Like, you just gave us this. I'm like, yeah, it's understandable. Companies make it's... deals. It sucks. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if I was a businessman, I'd do the same thing. Cause it's yeah. all about them dollars and cents. At the end of the day, Kyle, are you excited for this? Do you think this is... Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm still gonna play it. Will I ever beat it? Who knows? Um, I am a little hesitant though because I don't love the way Neo looks from gameplay wise of things. There's just something about it that is overcomplicated to me. And again, that's for me not playing behind, on the sticks or whatever. So I could be way out of pocket on that one. But yeah. I just it's not. It doesn't seem enticing to me those games to play. I think I, I get it because maybe it's like the saturated colors, but yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited to try this out for sure. And I'm not one of those big, you know, uh, Final Fantasy fans. But again, get me in the door of Soulsborne. I'm in. Hey, Kyle, question. Sorry. Are you uh, you hanging out or something? I'm sorry. What was that? You, you cut out. The drop. Here are the latest deals and steals headed to the PlayStation storefront and ready. The PlayStation Plus games of June are here operation tango a playstation 5 version only team up to save the world in a competitive spy adventure challenging you and a friend to join online to compete dangerous oh, sorry to complete dangerous missions across the globe in a near high-tech future world virtual fighter 5 ultimate showdown on the playstation 4 sega's iconic one-on-one -on -one battler Gets remade. Okay, I'm just drop the voice for a new generation by Yakuza and Judgment developer uh, Ryu Ga Goku Studio. If I butchered that, my apologies. This studio's exclusive debut. Don't correct me, Kyle. Don't correct you, son of a bitch. <laughs> exclusive debut on PlayStation Plus, allowing virtual fighter veterans and newcomers to experience the intense martial arts combat, deep strategy and balanced gameplay of groundbreaking 3D fighter in stunning HD. This game will not only be available on PlayStation Plus for about two months uh, from June to July, but will also be releasing on PlayStation Now in June. Kind of weird, kind of redundant, but fine. The last one, Star Wars Squadrons. Master the, uh, the art of starfighter combat in a frantic multiplayer space dogfights and learn what it means to be a pilot in a thrilling Star Wars single-player story set after the events of Return of the Jedi and seen from the alter alternating perspectives of the two factions. The New Republic fights for freedom. Nailed it. Kyle, out of all these games, which one are you the most excited to get your hands on? Um, ooh. Probably Squadrons. Okay. Because it did look like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, uh, something about Operation Tango, just real quick, because I think you were focusing really hard on the voice. You skipped this sentence. Yes. Yeah, I did. I definitely uh, did. Operation Tango requires, it's a co-op game, and it requires both players to have access to a working microphone. Oh, so wow. just be aware of that. You need a working microphone in order to play that game with somebody. Are we playing this game? Um, I would love to make a stream of it and yell at each other about <laughs> hacking into this place. <laughs> I great, great, because I'm completely incompetent when it comes to puzzles. <laughs> I would love 
if we can make it work, yeah, I would love to try to walk you through uh, a keep talking and nobody explodes VR bomb defusal thing. You think me from my end with me. the manuals, and it'll be like, Joe, all right, tell me what you got. And you got to tell me, and I'll have to I'm, I'm going to frustrate the shit out of you. Our friendship <laughs> may be over because I'm just that inept. <laughs> It's like I'm bad yeah, at but, puzzles to begin with. You see me every <laughs> Resident Evil. I'm like, all right, looking up a guy. I'm looking yeah. up a guy. I am not doing this. And you're like, Cho, just match the colors. I'm, I'm dumb, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't yeah. do that. But it's cool to yeah. see like a, a nice, neat little indie is here. Yeah. Um, and it, then, it, I think hmm. it, it's following the pattern. Maybe not completely, but it seems like every other month we get a brand new indie as part mm-hmm. of like the headliner on PS Plus, which yeah. I really, really dig. And that was one of the ones that was shown off on that Twitter thread of like, here in the next hour, we're going to show a bunch of cool indies coming to PlayStation. And I believe Operation Tango was a part of that. So that was super. That's super cool. Yeah, um, I am. So I you listen, Star Wars easy. I got squadrons. I did not get far because I got way too motion sick during it. Um, and I, I'm talking like first 40 minutes, I had to call it a bust. But if you're into a good flight, Sim, that game is definitely for you. I'm actually interested to see this Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. It goes to see PlayStation's really doubling down on this fighter uh, business. But I really want to see if this is just a cheap like knockoff or this is actually there's actually something here, you know? Well, Virtua, Virtua Fighter is a uh, long-running yeah, a fighter. But like, so like, from what it's going to be competent. No, yeah. From what I understand, though, this one's been it like in stasis for a minute and a half, and to see that mm. like it got announced literally a few days ago, and then now it's like next week it'll be here for everyone. Just gets me. I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by it. Maybe that's what they need to do because it's not like a Mortal Kombat or something big like that. Sure. As a as a person that I can't even say I'm a novice at fighters, I'm incompetent. But um, yeah. It's, the it the original works. Virtua Fighter Five came out in 2006. So so it's yeah. oh my god, I almost said 25 years. 15 years Still, later, geez, um, how old we're was getting I? an upgraded. In 2006, yeah. I was uh, for me. I was a sophomore in high school. I think I was. I graduated high school. In Wait, no, how was a sophomore in college? Yeah, you're oh a sophomore in college. I think, Kyle, I'm gonna make you feel real old. Are you ready? Now, are you actually holding on to something? Yeah, I think I was a freshman in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> think it was hurts. Either, yeah, I think either I'm that or. Old. Or sophomore in high school. Oh, man. Where uh, if you're a patron, you know that was where I was at my peak worst <laughs> human being scale. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while. I, I want to see how this game runs. It's going to be interesting. And also knowing it runs off like the judgment engine. Interesting. That said, Kyle, we have no questions this week. The Sony Pony Express is on holiday because we delayed this episode a day so that we got to see the dying light stuff, the horizon mm-hmm. gameplay and all that. And so, Sonic. So what you've been, we're, we're not live reacting to Sonic, but we, not, we will, we'll see it. Sonic is not worth my damn time. It's Same. not. And we got to stop pretending that it is. All yeah. right. Sonic from here on out, it goes up with banger. 
That word is banned. <gasps> that mascot How dare banned. You. I don't want to also, hear it. Please be note, Joe is the first one to say it on this episode. Actually, I don't know. Maybe during the live reacts, I I, I, I hit it first. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Only, Only future Kyle or past Kyle knows now. <laughs> Wait, where word. am I? What is, <laughs> what is this? Unless we're referencing Jim Carrey, that word is illegal. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what you been playing, man? <laughs> uh, so I've been playing um, Aerial Knights Never Yield. I got to play which, it as well. Yeah, I adore this game. So good. From a gameplay perspective, it is on the simple side. You only really have to worry about either the directional buttons and or the face buttons. They each do the same thing. It's an endless um, runner, right? That's it's what an you endless do. runner. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about moving your character. All you have to do is time jumps and slides and uh, sprinting to get through barriers or away from drones or whatnot. And the thing I love the most about this game is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is so good. It's like a hip hop jazz mix. And it's just with some funk in there. And it is just stellar. I adore the soundtrack. I really love the art style too. Um, it's like cell shaded mm-hmm. in some parts, and it's I, like I, a neon. I, uh, it's like a neon Tokyo yes. mixed in with Detroit because that's yes. the city he's from. Mm-hmm. And so, like, absolutely, that art style is beautiful. It's beautiful. absolutely stunning. The color palette yeah. is, is gorgeous. And he, if you. Or, or, or if you've watched like the last Nintendo's indie thing, he was previously on there when he showed off the game, and he he basically said, um, not word for word because I'm, I'm blanking on the actual quote, but he was saying something like, "This game is me putting staking a claim in a place that previously would not didn't have a spot for me, and this is me making my spot, making my mark That's in this awesome. industry, yeah. and it's amazing. And also, I, I saw a couple days ago that he tweeted like he ma- made this game in his off hours all by himself while he was working two jobs. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, incredible! Yeah. I love that kind of passion and commitment to doing things that you're super into. Um, the game's great. I, I believe it's only like twenty bucks. Yeah, um, no, even less. I believe it's twelve bucks. 12 bucks okay um it's well worth your time you can beat it within two hours ish um it should be an easy platinum trophy i'm bad but there is there is a glitched or or bug trophy thing where you have to unlock all outfits and um it doesn't pop for some reason so Mm. but that patch is coming he reconfirm that mm-hmm. as well in the next couple of days will be there but well worth well worth your time soundtrack yeah. alone you should go and experience this soundtrack's so also on spotify if i'm not mistaken yes yeah mm-hmm. this game is really awesome especially for the for for how how inexpensive it is it is so worth your time and money that, that yeah. it is it is something really cool um i really dig it also we we have an extra code so what i'm going to do is oh. i'm going to toss that into the Patron Discord, um, and Sweet. we're gonna just bam. First person that that picks it gets it. So yeah, awesome. Ar- Aerial Knights never yield. Can't can't say enough praises. I I think it's absolutely great. As a person that sucks at at um at what is it? What did I just say? The, endless runners. Endless runners. Thank you. Someone that absolutely sucks at it. 
this game really doesn't hold my hand. It challenged me for sure. There were some frustrating parts, absolutely sure. for me. But like, I I I beat it in I think like an hour forty five. Um, yeah. So it's something you can definitely do. It's something the experience alone is, is is so worth it. And I love when you're jumping through obstacles, the slow-mo that you have with it too adds to that extra style. This, mm-hmm. this game is just something special. And it's it's something that I think for me will definitely get to the game of the year conversation in terms of like sound design, in terms of music. Oh, yeah. This one yeah. is fucking awesome. Absolutely. That said, a game that I will not be talking about on our game of the year conversation is a game that I honestly gave a really fair shake to. This is not a review because I have not beaten this game, but I am about 20 hours into it and I don't think I'm going to go any further. And that is Biomutant. Now, Biomutant, um, this studio that, that made this game is about 20-ish people. So I understand that, listen, this game is is an indie game. This is not a you know AAA game, but at the same exact time, it is being sold at that premium price. So that might be getting, you know, alongside that of like what you would see a $60 game being. Mm-hmm. So I can understand some people's frustration with that. Going into this game, I was like, just how is it on a game's perspective? This is a very divisive game. You're either going to absolutely love it, see past its flaws, or the flaws are going to be the thing that is going to be the barrier. So I'm going to talk about the things I don't like about this game. And Kyle, if I get a little bit too long-winded, please let me I gotcha. know. Can yeah. I can I start you off with, with a, a please, question? Please, go for it. Uh, you played this at PAX. Yes. Not, was it last year or two years ago? Before the Dark Times last year before the dark times how did how does it feel from that time cuz i know you weren't super hot on it then yeah uh compared to like the final product um definitely has improved for sure uh i'll say that so like the final product absolutely a better time had than the pax panel where i was not enthused with it one bit mm-hmm. that said i want to start with the sound design because I think that's the thing that I'm having the hardest part with. I'm a stickler when it comes to sound. Y'all know me. I always play with my headphones on. I want to get the best experience that I can. Um, and here, the audio just sounds flat. Like combat, it, I don't hear like I'm making an impact. When I'm doing sword slashes, it just sounds like I'm making sword slashes and I'm hitting a pillow. It doesn't feel like I'm actually hitting them with like a gigantic like you know two-handed sword or that like mm-hmm. i'm stabbing them with little scimitars like it doesn't feel or the sound doesn't make me feel like i'm making an impact and that sucks for me combat wise because i don't really know if i'm hitting my shots or making my shots count because good sound design would be like oh you know, I, I charged up my weapon, I gave a mighty whack, and I felt that. And so I know maybe I should back away or whatever have you. I don't have that those audio cues that well in this game because everything just sounds a little muted. That being said, the music as well, very tame. Very, very... And to me, I'm like, this is actually somewhere you can actually get... You, you could build up the atmosphere here, and it also sounds rather muted. And then when it comes to the narration, it's very one note the narrator 
is the only voice actor in the game. And this narrator is narrating like it's some fantasy world, which Biomutant is a post-apocalyptic world set where humanity killed themselves off because of global warming and this global catastrophe. And because of that catastrophe, these little rodents now rule the earth. Really cool setup, but it's not really told in the best ways because the narrator is the voice of uh, your internal monologue. He's the voice of every single character in the game. He is the voice of whatever is happening around uh, in the world around you. Um, he's also the voice when it comes to certain directions in the game. And because of my ADHD brain, because it's just one voice constantly and it constantly talks, I'm often phoning in what's happening because it's just one tone. For example, I take a look at something like Returnal. Returnal is a one voice actress, right? But Celine plays Celine differently. There's different variations of a Celine. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't talk a lot. So when she talks, you're listening. And sometimes when she talks, it's of complete anguish. And sometimes when she talks, it's just different tones. So I'm listening in. If I'm taking a game like Moss, which is, follows similar beats as well, where it's one narrator, the narrator is doing different voices for different characters. So you're constantly engage with what they are saying because mm -hmm. of that different voice, those different tones that, that the narrator is pulling off. Because it's one guy, one tone, it it's just a drug for me. And when it comes to the open world, yeah. Kyle. So real quick on the narrator it. stuff, yeah. I, I did watch a like review in progress thing and I saw a clip of it um, of this particular issue that you have. And even for me watching, I was like, oh boy, I don't like it. Yeah. What happens in the game is the in-game characters are speaking like gibberish, yes. but then the narrator then speaks what that character said over yes. it. So you're basically getting two of the same thing where I, I think it would have been better where you get the gibberish, right? Yes. And then you can read the subtitles yes. and the narrator does the other things. I think that would have, just from an outside looking in and, and having played the game, that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, and I almost missed that. That was so aggravating. So at times I'm like, I'm pressing X to skip the gibberish and I accidentally hit too much and I skip what's happening. And I was like, all right, whatever, I don't care. When yeah, it comes yeah, to yeah. the open world too, this game tries to be very ambitious. The game is beautiful when you take a look at it. It really much is, but there's nothing going on. Like I've I've run into a few side quests, but it's it's like go to point A to point B, and the distance to get there, nothing is happening. So my time on the sticks is just me pushing the forward button for about a minute. And from what I've been told, when it comes to open world games, you want every thirty seconds to be come across with a decision. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'm just pressing forward for minutes on end at times, and I don't hit anything. And, you know, they said that this is kind of like Breath of the Wild. I've heard comparisons to nothing of the sort. Get that out of your head. This is not, this is more like akin to a Ubisoft or a Shadow of War, where like you're taking over these big castles and then that's your territory now. But even those fortress missions are so bad. Like you're just walking to a room, there's a fight or a puzzle or a little combination of two or a really uh, bad boss encounter. And then you're done. 
where in like Shadow of Mordor, you're actually scaling buildings, you're scaling the towers itself, and like fighting people on the ramparts. This, it's it's nothing. It's just like one hallway, one hall. Nothing feels, and I hate to say it, but like lived in. So gotcha. yeah, the open world as well. Just there's not enough going on for me. How does this game feel? gameplay wise when it comes to mechanics because one of the things i whenever i hear this game and i hear how much stuff they were planning on doing like it it feels like it takes inspiration from like 50 million games at once and they all made the final cut is it too much as like in my eyes before this like this seems like a lot to wrap my head around so great point kyle and this is something that i said in my tweet the game gets lost in its scope it tries to say, we're going to be a little bit of everything. We're going to give you some Devil May Cry combat, which, honest to God, the best part of this game. Combat Sweet. is, when it's there, great. Really good. And, I'm like, to me, I wanted to be full melee. And there is, like, this Devil May Cry where you can knock people into the air, depending on your class. I was a saboteur, I think. Or no, sentinel. Mm-hmm. I was a saboteur first, didn't like it. Sentinel, I liked. You can knock them in the air and, and have those parries. Even then, like, the combat has room to improve but i don't want to be too negative on it because i do think it's a good foundation for this sure. game and if they were just like we're going to make a small linear experience and this is the game right here is this just con you know this combat awesome but because they try to do so much and have so many systems in place like there's a crafting system that is cool when you think about it because you're crafting all your weapons you're crafting all your armor but the economy of that is just completely broken and there's so many little items that I need that I'm lost of, like, where do I find these things? Um, you know, I get lost in the menus of, like, how, how many ability points do I actually have to spend on my class to spend on its move set to spend on all this? I'm constantly pressing the pause button. And then they even offered mech combat as well, Kyle. And the mech Whoa. combat, from what I've experienced, not good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it really tries to do so much in it for me failed on a lot of those things so i think the saving grace for this game is the combat and i think that's the thing is like if you're if you love the combat which is again has a lot of promise you could forgive a lot of its misgivings but Mm. at the end of the day this game is just so flawed i i again not a review more like of an impression but from what i've played so far i don't think i'm going any further so it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I really wanted to root for this team. When people go, oh, it's a team. Joe, please keep in mind it's an indie team. Sure, it's an indie team, but like an indie team also made Hades, right? Like, you know, there have been games out there that understood what they wanted to be and fucking excelled at those things. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you may have had a bigger budget than the Hades team, but like this, this team revolutionized a genre, right? So, yeah. I don't think just because they're a small team, unfortunately, they get the, the slack. I do think there's a lot here that even people that are, are naive to that don't know that and go, I just paid 60 bucks for what they thought was a AAA game and not. Um, they're going to be let down by, and that sucks. So this is definitely yeah. a wait for sale if I were to, to recommend it, which I don't. Yeah, but from what I've heard, mm-hmm. you know what isn't an overcomplicated game? Oh, the game fuck. of dodgeball. This is why you're the best co-host, <laughs> Kyle. What a segue! Oh, let's talk about Knockout City, Kyle. Let's talk yes, about it. Yes, I, I wanna, I wanna, you know, I wanna take the stage for a quick second. Please, I talked for way too long. I 
Kyle Andrew Stevenson. That's your middle name, Like, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, fucking That's the awesome. name my mom yells when I get, I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to this day, as a 34-year-old man, I still get yelled at by my middle name. Um, I, Kyle Andrew Stevenson, would like to extend my sincerest and most heartfelt apologies to Velen Studios for me not believing in this game, thinking that it's not going to be any good, and writing it off from the moment I saw it. Knockout City is so damn fun and so easy to pick up and learn the mechanics and play. And even when you are just playing surface level, once you dig into it and you realize there's a pump fake, there are, are different ways to power up your your ball and throw your team up team teammate in the air as a ball and drop a bomb and do a big area of effect knockout thing. The game is very deep. And the style is there. I, man, shout out to you, uh, Vellum Studios, for the only other thing that I believe you've done is Mario Kart Live Circuit, the the toy, the toy thing. Shout out to you. I am so sorry for writing you off before (laughs) even playing it. I'm so happy as well. Like they made that decision to be like, here, here's 10 free days Mm -hmm. of play to see if you love it. And you know what I did? I bought it immediately after that first couple hours I was playing it on stream for the charity thing we did over at 6-1 Indie. I was like, you know what? I'm rewarding you for buying this game because it's fucking dope. I love Knockout City. It's so much fun. Dude, it is so, and you said it, like, this is like a futuristic, like, 50s aesthetic. Yeah. Where, like, like if you take a look at, like, an old almanac, right? We're back to the future references. Uh-huh. Wild here. And, like, you you take a look at what a car in the future that they would think would be. That's what it is in in, in uh, yep. Knockout City. This game so with, like, awesome. greaser leather jackets. Yeah. like greaser yeah. leather jackets. You got the floating 50s Chevy. Like, <laughs> everything is so... The style's there. I, I get a lot of like, oh, it's kind of like, um, what was that? What was what was that Xbox game that bombed real bad? Um, it was made by Ninja Theory. And I just don't agree with that. It looks at, whatever the case may be. Someone will correct me in the comments. I think this art style is pretty unique oh. for what it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You got the, it too. The, the character fighter. Yes, the character fighter. Um, oh, you know, I, I, see, I see where people think of... of a Splatoon as well. Bleeding Edge. Bleeding Edge, thank you. Because it's 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 pretty cartoony and the multiplayer is that of like it's a it it is like a team deathmatch type of game, but you're really just it's not about killing people, it's just knocking them out with, with you know, with, with dumb stupid dodgeballs that have special abilities like one's a sniper dodgeball that you get, one's a straight up bomb, like some's like multi ball where like there's balls orbiting you and you just mm-hmm. throwing them everywhere. This game, you could pick it up if you're uh, if you're a kid. If you're picking it up, just like for you know a grown ass man like me, and there's just yeah. you can you can have five minutes of fun if you want, but then you can learn. Yeah, I could if I jump in the air and I do a little twist, I can actually throw a curveball. Or hey, if I jump in the air and I do a spin, I could throw a you know um what is that a hammer ball a hammer it's ball it's like straight down yeah, yeah like that's awesome. 
And, yeah, and you press R three, and it's a pump fake, and like you could fake somebody out to to press the catch button early, so mm-hmm. that way you could just throw it real light and knock them out. Like it, it's such a simple game when you're describing it, and you're like, "How can this be fun?" Yeah, it's but, dodgeball. Throw but, a ball, get hit. You're yeah. you're out. But like when you're actually when you get the controller in your hands, the the feeling is just so much fun, and it's it is at times really high stakes where like. It's a game where, for example, the KO version, the first to 10, you could literally come back if you're like, you know, seven, you know, eliminations behind. Like, it's that oh, type yeah. of game where, like, you could before been... we went before we sat down to record. Yeah, I was playing a game with with some random people on the Internet. We were down by three. I balled myself up. My teammate threw me in the air and I got all three of them in the area of effect, yeah. like knockout, and we won the game. That's awesome. Like like you are never out of the game if you could play it smart. Mm-hmm. And teamwork is the key. If you yeah. are alone with the, the three cuz it's 3v3, yeah. there's a 4v4 mode. Um I've never but like that if one you before. are alone with the entire other team, they're going to tackle you and knock you off balance and you're going to be out very quickly. Yeah. It's not going to be a good time. So you need to work together as a team first and foremost with this one. Honest to God, if I thought one of my favorite games this year was a was a hey. <laughs> dodgeball game, I can I you're out of your tell mind. you my favorite part about this Go game? Go for it, and it's so silly. Uh, there are two actually. First is when you get a really long curve shot around a wall, mm-hmm. and you see the silhouette of the character like far beyond the wall as the ball curves around it and hits them and you hear the whack. Yeah. The whack is my favorite part. Yeah. Cause it brings me back to gym class of yes. throwing those dodgeballs. It they nailed that sound perfectly. Like when I can he, imagine he like it's not a hard sound. Glasses and he goes flying back. You're Listen, like, maybe in your high school <laughs> self did that. Not me. Uh I would go after the jocks. Yeah. Um yeah no, I would I, team up with the jocks. It's just survival <laughs> of the fittest. <laughs> I, th- that sound just brought me back, and it's so nostalgic, and I love it. Just plastic rubber ball against flesh, and just the, the thwack is yeah. so good. So I, see, good. I think there's a dark side to you, Kyle. I think there's a dark side to you. Yeah. In dodgeball, <laughs> all rules are off. <laughs> so they, I don't play no games when it comes to dodgeball. Fair. Fair. Same we- thing with kickball, too. I will throw a ball at a little kid running first base. Dude, I will peg to them kickball? to get a We play like all the time in summer camp. After fifth grade, they're like, no more kickball. And I'm like, but kickball, I was really good at it, you know, because I yeah. because I was a big kid then, like I'm a big kid now, and I'm, I'm very, you know, low center of gravity. I got big calves because I got to hold my big body. Yeah. And so I just wail up, bam, I was a home run every time. They go, Joe, yeah. go, go clean the bases. That's what I do. Bring kickball back. Make a kickball game. Ooh. Balance Studios, I'm looking Ooh. at you. You know what? Just bring back the the backyard sports games, like backyard oh. baseball and backyard yeah. football. I want those games back, yeah. but make it into a like, kickball game. Yeah, that'd be also. That'd can be I call out fun. someone twenty plus years? Yeah, go for it. Dayton Doko, I'm looking at you, dude. You stole my fucking backyard baseball, you son of a bitch. You stole <laughs> it, and I want it back. All right. What system? It was on my uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. Oh, how yeah. could you? And I had a girl named Allison, and she was a freaking beast, dude. She was, she was like, and it's always funny because like she's like, you know, like a little, like a little girl with this huge bat. And I'm like, yep, this is the girl. She's cleaning the bases every time she was on base. I think she had like 74 home runs in one season, Kyle. 
<laughs> like she was just clearing them out, and oh, he man. stole that game from me. Baton, oh, you're on notice. <laughs> okay. Shout out to uh, yes. Pablo Sanchez. Yeah. An absolute legend in the backyard <laughs> baseball, as far as like a character goes. Absolutely. The the best of the all pinnacle. time. The pinnacle. Yeah. Well, listen, Kyle, that has been the trophy room, a PlayStation podcast. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to spot out before you or spotlight before you leave? Sure. I like to spotlight myself, Mr. K Step on Twitter and on PSN. You can follow me over at uh, 61indie.com and 61indie on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, all the things 61indie for indie game news coverage and the podcast that I do over there. Um, guest spots. I've been doing a lot of guest spots on podcasting. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find all those links. I was recently on the uh, Burnout Brighter uh, podcast with Matt and Darren. Um, I had a great time there. I had, uh, spoiler alert, I had a couple of PlayStation uh, E3 predictions over there that got a little crazy, so you can go check that out. And uh, I'll be somewhere, I I hope, fingers crossed, this weekend. Mm -hmm. So, again, check out uh, my Twitter for all that. Yeah. And you can find me over at Mr. Badbit, where sometimes I post some funny stuff, sometimes I don't, sometimes I try to meme and it fails real bad. And you can follow the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast on Twitter at PS Trophy Room. And I've, I'll reiterate this: make sure you're following PS Trophy Room on Twitter so that you know when sometimes we have to delay a show or sometimes we get an extra show this week, depending on oh. what type of news PlayStation drops. Yes, Kyle Stevenson for the PlayStation Trophy Room. If you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. The day it comes out, mm-hmm. hit us up over at twitch.tv slash PS Trophy Room because we're going to live react to Far Cry 6. Yeah. Gameplay reveal. So a little bonus live react because apparently E3 starting this week. <laughs> started early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> started early. With all that said, with all that out of the way, make sure you're also rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts because we've gotten a flood of love. Uh, we've gotten, first off, we're doing a Ratchet and Clank giveaway. So if we reach 200 reviews, we will give away a copy of Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. And guess what, Kyle? We're at 210 reviews worldwide no. on no. Apple Podcasts. Can I get crazy here? Can I do something even crazier? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can Go I say it. if we get to 250, we get we give away another copy of Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart? What? Absolutely. Bam. Absolutely. We only need 40 more reviews. And honestly, we hit the number 200 that I didn't even think we were going to hit. But we hit it so fast that we need another number to hit. So if we hit 250 reviews worldwide on Apple Podcasts, we're not just giving away one copy of Ratchet & Clank. We're giving away two copies of Ratchet & Clank. And I just want to spotlight one person in particular, or a few people, um who gave us some really, really awesome reviews. One of which comes from, uh, and I'm sorry if I built your name, but uh, Ricky, Ricky's from Wales. He says, an absolute banger. Sir, you can leave. But they said, yes! should be the most famous podcast you've ever likely to meet. We got this review from our very beautiful boy, Mario Rivera, that says, this podcast rules five stars. That Joe guy is a sex machine. Come for the PlayStation news and commentary, but come for the boys. 
<laughs> Hell yeah. And last but not least, I want to shout out a review over from Nate McErnie. He's been a long time listener of this show. He gave us five stars. He says, do you want to know how much I like this podcast? I hate Apple products, yet I downloaded iTunes on my computer, found out what my Apple ID was. Turns out it was linked to an old email, so I had to get the email password reset and then once that was done i had to reset my apple password just so i could write a review it was quite an ordeal but at the minimum joe and kyle deserve the effort they are a great duo playing off each other like other classic duos such as arnold schwarzenegger and dana devito george clooney and chris o'donnell and millie or millie vanilli and you can't have millie without vanilli you just just you know don't even try. Anyway, back to his <laughs> review. They managed to fill an hour plus with great PlayStation content featuring great analysis and opinions. There are many worse ways to spend an hour plus of your time, including watching paint dry, doing garden work, watching any of, of the human centipede movies, but don't do those. Instead, listen to the trophy room, a PlayStation podcast. Now, how do I get iTunes uninstalled? <laughs> Love you, Nate. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was one of my favorites. And every week, we're going to at least shout out two of y'all that do post five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. So, again, thank you all so much for your support over the past few weeks. It's like we've been we've been just... It's been victory laps after, after victory laps, it feels. So, we love you all so very much. All that said, with all that out of the way, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting. And keep playing PlayStation. See you guys.